another week and another episode from the show that tries to comfort you in your sleepless nights or your cold mornings, with some interesting topics that delve into what seems to be the places that our mind don't wander to, but we think about it unconsciously. Like in the last episode, I talked about Fight Club and a dive on the movie and its point of view on the standards that society built and how people reacted to it following a character only named the narrator and how his insomnia created the perfect version of himself he aspires to be. This time I've finished a game I have heard a lot of praise on, a game that's been labeled the best story in horror video game history, a game that has so much meaning that you'll find thousands of analyzes about its character, the creatures in it, and its symbolism found throughout every dialogue, monster, and character. And that game, ladies and gentlemen, is Silent Hill 2. Released in 2001 on PlayStation 2, PC and Xbox. An old game I can guarantee that, but a game I hold so much love for. On a personal note though, I've played the first game and finished it like 3 months ago. Since I've heard that this game series was about survival horror, but it was more narrative based rather than having a linear progression of the game. So basically I had to understand what he was talking about before I could play it. So I've never seen the first game in any media, and I just went in blind. And I got hooked after the few minutes I've played. Though I'll be honest, I didn't finish it in a short period of time, I played it in, a, in the span of 3 months. But after I finished it not too long ago, I started replaying it again for the sake of getting a better ending. And that game set stage for Silent Hill 2. And I don't want to talk too much about the first game's story. But SH1 basically follows the story of a father named Harry Mason searching for his daughter after having an accident that, that happened driving to the titular town of Silent Hill, a quiet resort place that people love to go to, but this time it's infested with monsters and a ominous fog. And not to spoil anything, the town basically gives a visual representation of one's true desire or deepest fears. The representation being a monster, or even a normal human being. Looking for his daughter, Harry finds some people that don't actually give him answers or basically anything useful. But throughout the story, everything uncovers amazingly. Now, in SH2, the story is different. You'll know it's a spinoff if you played the first SH game. It follows the story of James Sunderland, a broken man having lost his wife Mary to illness three years ago. He is both surprised yet uplifted when he receives a letter which is apparently from her. The letter is asking him to return to a place special to both, the ominous town of Silent Hill. Silent Hill was a special place to the couple, yet when James arrives in his car he finds the tunnel that leads into the town blocked, so continuing his path on foot and finally entering the town, it appears that a lot of things have changed in Silent Hill. Its once busy streets are now empty and the entire town is shrouded in a dense fog. It becomes apparent that something evil is stalking Silent Hill, and as James battles to uncover the mystery of the letter from his wife, he finds himself face to face with four people whom will meet on more than one occasion. A woman he first met at a graveyard, called Angela, looking for her mother who she very dearly misses. A chubby guy named Eddie that James finds at an apartment puking in a toilet and an exact double of the departed Mary, named Maria, that he finds at Rosewater Park. Only difference is the hair and clothes, according to James. And a little girl named Laura, 
that apparently hates James and knows things about him and his wife. However, the only thing that all these characters share is being strangers in this town, except for Maria, who works in Heaven's Night's Bar. Now that I've given you a bit of context on both games, I'll talk about how my experience with the game was, and how it left me emotionally scarred. Note that I played the Silent Hill 2 Enhanced Edition, as the Silent Hill HD collection is unplayable with all the glitches and bugs you'd find there. Unfortunately, I accidentally spoiled a bit of the story for myself before playing, that Mary was dead by James' own doing. However, I played the rest of the game knowing nothing about it, and can only praise Team Silent for the incredible game they developed years ago. From the first time you see Pyramid Head in the apartment room, to the strange what the fuck was that sounds in various locations, to the moment you realize you are in the alternate dark world of Silent Hill in the hospital. And on a side note here, the first time you see Pyramid Head on the other side of the bars, you know that this game won't go easy on it. It just keeps on giving and never lets you rest from unease and uncertainty of what you may encounter next. And trust me, it gave me a lot of scares I've never thought I'd experience in my life. The story however is what kept me hooked throughout the majority of the game. Who is Maria and why is she so similar to Mary? What's Pyramid Head's role in all of this? How, could, how come Angela and Eddie are in this sound as well? So many questions aren't directly answered, but rather you're left to figure it out on your own as you play the game. So the story has multiple endings. The one I got was Leave, which is considered to be the good ending in the game. But before we get to the ending, I have to tell you all about the story that really delivers on the hype it has. The secret about Silent Hill 2's story though, is that it's actually more of a supernatural reimagining of Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment than a strict work of traditional horror. Team Sound wanted the game's plot to focus more on the morality of guilt and the consequences of a person thinking without considering others as it relates to justifying selfish actions with the idea that they are performed for the greater good. But enough of all of that. Let's get to the actual story of this game. James Sunderland has arrived in the town of Silent Hill after receiving a letter from his wife, Mary. Despite that she had died from an illness three years ago, the letter states that Mary is waiting for James in their special place. But this confuses James, as the whole town of Silent Hill was their special place. After leaving the town's observation deck and walking towards Silent Hill, James briefly meets Angela Orozco, a woman who came to the town to search for her mother. When James reaches Silent Hill, he discovers that it's not the same beautiful town from his past, in addition to the strange omnipresent fog. The whole town seems to be rotten away and abandoned. Bizarre, vague, vaguely humanoid monsters are wandering the streets, waiting to attack James. With the path to his first destination, the lakeside Rosewater Park cut off, James enters an apartment complex to reach what he believes could be the special place Mary mentioned in the letter. Inside the apartments, James meets an obese young man called Eddie, vomiting in one of the apartment toilets. Eddie responds in a very defensive manner to questions regarding a corpse in a refrigerator in the same apartment. James also has a brief encounter with a little girl named Laura, who is apparently immune to the effects of the town and has a yet unexplained hatred of James, as well as a hidden past with Mary. James finds Angela again, who had warned him of the town's bizarre nature. 
lying in one of the apartments with a knife looking suicidal. And on a side note, this scene is the official American cover of the game. James persuades her to hand him over the knife for her own safety, after which she flees in panic. James also encounters Pyramid Head, a humanoid monster whose head is completely covered in a giant metal pyramid-shaped helmet that protects him against anything James will possess in his arsenal. Pyramid Head leads when a siren starts to sound in the distance after battling James for a short while. When James finally reaches Rosewater Park, he meets a woman called Maria, who is almost identical to Mary, but in a more provocative outfit and having more of a flirty attitude. During their travels, she reveals insight into matters that only he or Mary would know and acts in a very seductive manner towards James. Maria accompanies James in his attempt to reach his second suspected special place, the Lakeview Hotel. James enters a bowling alley where he meets Eddie again, yet refuses to come with him. He also spots Laura, who runs away from James. When James exits the bowling alley, Maria says to have seen Laura, and out of concern for her, she has James try to reach the girl. Their pursuit ends at Brookhaven Hospital, where Maria becomes sick and has to rest in one of the hospital rooms. James finds Laura in one of the hospital rooms, but becomes angry at her for claiming to have known Mary for the past year, in clear contradiction to his belief that she had been dead for three years. Laura responds by locking him in a room filled with covered monsters stuffed in hanging cages, under the pretense of looking for a letter from Mary. After they are defeated, the hospital un undergoes a sudden dramatic change to the other world, where Maria is missing. Fortunately, James finds Maria in the hospital's basement. However, she is angry that he abandoned her, and after calming down, they press on to find Laura. Pyramid Head, however, chases James and Maria in the hospital's basement. And on a side note here, this scene really shook me up. Like I was just running fine, and then Pyramid Head comes out of nowhere, running with his great knife, with no cue music or any sound effects. You see him appearing from an angle right behind Maria, and he slaughters her while they make their escape to an elevator, leaving James alone again. Maria's sudden death saddens James, but he refocuses on his original task of finding Mary. He leaves the hospital and finds a key behind a statue in Rosewater Park, which leads him to the Sound Hill Historical Society. The Historical Society becomes an exploration of two levels not noted on the town map. Luca prison and the labyrinth in which Pyramid Head resides. In this area, James finds Maria, who greets him with disillusions of Mary in an iconic scene shown when you first boot up the game. Miraculously alive and locked in a prison cell, he was unable to rescue her as she is killed by Pyramid Head again off screen. This area also provides backstory as to why Angela and Eddie are in this town as well. A newspaper clipping indicates that Angela killed her father, who abused her with the complicity of her mother. James saves Angela from a monstrous representation of her father, but she is still hostile towards James. Eddie is revealed to have snapped after years of verbal abuse by older classmates. He killed the dog of a football player and then shot the football player in the leg. It becomes clear that upon his arrival in Silent Hill, he has gone insane, seeing everyone is making fun of him and he has resorted to killing anyone he encounters. He first attempts to explain the path of bodies he has left, but ultimately he turns on James as well and must be killed to progress through the game. 
James feels ashamed to kill Eddie, a human being. And after this point, James seriously questions his perception of the events leading to his arrival in this town. As well, the letter that he supposedly received from Mary goes blank, indicating that this letter itself was something that James himself thought up, and that it never actually existed in the first place. James exits the labyrinth and takes a boat to the Lakeview Hotel in hopes of finding Mary. In the hotel, he finds Laura once again and she gives him the letter she claimed to be seeking earlier, which reveals that Mary wanted to adopt her while confirming Laura's claims of knowing Mary for the past year. The final truth is shown to James when he watches a videotape he apparently left at the hotel three years ago, which shows that he killed his terminally ill wife himself, smothering her with a pillow to stop her suffering. Laura, who is ready to leave the town, finds James and he chooses to reveal the truth to her. Laura becomes angry with him for killing Mary, and she leaves disappointed. The radio James has been carrying to warn him of the approach of monsters sends a message from Mary, asking him to find her. James explores the rest of the hotel, which has undergone an otherworld transformation, in which it is damp and leaking everywhere. James finds Angela on a burning staircase with flames everywhere, and she asks him to return her knife so that she can commit suicide. But he declines. James says that the room is hot as hell, to which she replies that it's always like this to her. Her life was always a living hell. Angela walks up the burning staircase and walks into the flames. The climax approaches as James finds yet another resurrected Maria, bound and screaming for James' help, but is promptly killed by two pyramid head monsters. James realizes that they have been created to punish him for his sins. They are the embodiment of his guilt for killing a human being. James fights the two pyramid heads, and after they are severely weakened, they commit ritual suicide with their own spears, as if to indicate that their purpose has been fulfilled. James is led to a hallway where he listens to a previous conversation that he and Mary had while she was still alive. In this conversation, James brought Mary some flowers, but she did not accept them, stating that she is too disgusting to deserve flowers and yells furiously at James. At the end of this conversation, Mary desperately pleads to James for, her, for him to be with her. James enters a large metallic complex with a long staircase, and at the top of this staircase, he finds a woman. Depending on the ending, the woman will be either Maria or Mary herself, who transforms into the manifested pain of Mary. After James defeats this final demon, the game comes to a close. On all endings, you'll hear Mary reading the letter that James first got, but it's the full letter now, and even if I read it for you, I wouldn't do it justice. You need to hear it how it's meant to be heard. It's a heavy message, and the last words she wrote were really a punch to the gut for me. It actually teared up. The quick summary I can give you is that she felt helpless and disgusted about herself for what she did to James and what she put him through. How she wasn't able to return a single thing to him, and how she felt that James is angry at her, or doesn't want to see her because he pitied her, or how hard it is to see her in the state that she's in. But that's how it is about Silent Hill 2. It's heavy with its characters and creatures and environment. And I'll always give praise to Team Sound for making something of this magnitude. And I'm happy I was able to experience it. But the symbolism is what got to me though. After I finished the game, I searched about the monsters, 
and that they aren't that varied, like that different, but they each have a hidden meaning. The first monster you'll encounter is called Lion Figure, or Patient Demon. These humanoid creatures appear trapped in what appears to be straitjackets made from their own flesh. A straitjacket is what you see covering a person who is instituted in an insane asylum to restrain them from harming themselves or others. The lion figure is a hospital and or mental patient squirming in agony, making it a manifestation of James Sunderland's internal suffering. Though the curvy body and feet reminiscent of high heels may resemble Mary in agony. Second monster you'll encounter is called Mannequin. It's a humanoid monster-like lion figure. However, it consists of a feminine human torso, with a pair of legs with no feet as arms. It stands completely still in plain sight, and only react once you're close enough to it or using the flashlight. This monster is a manifestation of James' internal natural sexual urges as frustrated by his wife's illness. Coincidentally, the first cutscene show in Pyramid Head will show him sexually abusing two mannequins, as they can also be an image of innocence or helplessness, being misused by an oppressive masculine force. Third monster you'll see is the iconic Pyramid Head, stalking James in this game and making a return in Silent Hill Homecoming in both Silent Hill movies. He appears as a large muscled man wearing a butcher's apron and rubber gloves, with a giant knife called the Great Knife. And of course, his helmet that is pyramid-like shape that hides his face fully. He symbolizes James's guilt and the unfulfilled desire for punishment for the death of his wife, Mary. And the reason why Pyramid Head murders Maria to, is to remind James that he killed Mary. Because James is in denial and Maria is a distraction to keep him away from Mary. When James finally accepts what he's done, after Maria is killed the third time, the Pyramid Heads attack him and eventually impale themselves on their own spears because they have finally fulfilled their purpose. Some fans have argued that the second Pyramid Head appearing late in the game is James's manifested guilt for the death of Eddie Dombrowski. Other fans have argued that two Pyramid Heads can be found in the Labyrinth instead of one, suggesting that the second Pyramid Head may not be related to Eddie's death at all. Another enemy you'll come across is the Bubblehead Nurse, which appears as a female with a muffled face and very provocative outfit. They are combining his anxieties surrounding his wife's terminal illness and the sexual deprivation that came with it, hence the sexy clothing worn by the monsters. And the final boss you'll come across is Mary herself, as she appears held upside down and rotting in a large metal frame that can be seen as a bed frame. And this form of her represents James's conflicted emotions towards her during her last few days. The metal frame symbolizes Mary's sense of helplessness in being stuck in bed due to her illness. And a bonus monster that isn't about James, but about Angela actually, when we find her stuck in a room with it. It's called Abstract Daddy, or Doorman. It appears as a male figure leaning over a female, in a rectangular shape to represent a bed covered with flesh as a blanket of sorts. This figure represents Angela's sexual abuse from her father and her overwhelming guilt surrounding her murder of her father. It has a double meaning of representing James smothering his wife on a bed. So as you can see, a lot of work went into creating each detail of this game, and that's why it has a special place in my heart. Even though the graphics didn't age well by today's standards, but to me they aged like fine wine. But the one thing we didn't get to talk about is the endings, and how each unravels and set its own for the end of the game. 
First ending I got is Leave, which is considered uh, the good ending of the game, but many people don't consider it the, the true ending of the story. The game has a total of six possible endings, three of which can be achieved on the first playthrough, and three others enabled by acquiring new items on replay. In the leave and in water endings, the woman in the room is Maria once again, making a final attempt to get James to take her, and of course James rejects her, so she turns into a monster similar to the hanging monsters in the hospital, becoming the final boss. Upon her defeat, James will either leave Silent Hill together with Laura after being granted a final meeting with Mary, shown in Leave, or drowns himself into Luca Lake so he and Mary can have a peaceful afterlife together, as shown in In Water. The ending song for Leave is Overdose Delusion, and the ending song for In Water is Angel's Thanatos. A replay ending entitled Rebirth will also show James kill Maria, but afterwards he will then attempt to use new objects collected in the game to resurrect Mary by confronting the ancient gods of Silent Hill with an unknown result. The ending song is The Reverse Will. The Maria ending, however, is radically different from these three. If the player spends a lot of time with Maria and protects her well from monsters, also for, from Pyramid Head in the hospital basement, the woman in the room will be Mary, who has not forgiven James for killing her. She will then turn into the final boss of the same monster Maria becomes. And after her defeat, James dismisses her as just being another hallucination. He then discovers Maria, inexplicably resurrected again, and leaves town with her. As they leave, however, Maria starts coughing, implying she has the same illness Mary suffered from and the events that drove James through the town may repeat themselves. The ending song is Promise. This is the longest episode I'll ever do, but I loved it so much that I had to share it with everyone. Maybe even some of you will consider playing it like I did, or just watch a gameplay of it to get a sense of what the game is like. But before I leave you, I just want to say that you are loved even if you don't see it, and there are people who care about you even if you don't care about them. I hope you can achieve everything that you want, because you deserve it, and deserve happiness. There's always people who really care. You just have to talk to them, and they'll listen to what you have to say. Thank you everyone so much for listening, and I'll see you next time, Insomniacs. Bye.